and welcome to the new National League podcast here on Three Valleys uh, Community Radio. Well, I'm blown away. It's uh, can't believe the football season's already upon us. Lots to uh, try and throw at you. We've got some pre-match interviews uh, from the press conferences ahead of the weekend's action. Um, we've also got a look around a football stadium that isn't there, but the club will be playing in National League South as uh, Matt the Groundhopper goes around uh, Truro City's football stadium. Uh, but first up, let's just have a look at who's got who over the weekend and uh, where they've got them. Uh, it's pretty important that we know all of this relevant information before we um, obviously set off um, on our wherever we're going, uh, whether it be National League North, South or the National League itself. So we'll start with National League South. Chelmsford are at home against Farnborough. Chippenham host Averley. Bath City travel to Dartford. Dover at home against Torquay United. Was it? An National League tie a couple of seasons ago. Eastbourne Borough against Hampton and Richmond. Hemel Hempstead against uh, recently relegated Yeovil Town. Maidstone United against Slough Town. St Albans City against Weymouth. Just about survived on the uh, last day of last season. Taunton against Braintree. Truro against Welling. Western Supermare against Hamilton Waterlooville. Worthing against Tunbridge Angels. In National League North, Banbury United against Spennymore, Bishop Storford, unfortunately lost out and uh, against their appeal and have ended up in National League North. Considering they're uh, not that far from London, it seems a little unfair, but uh, these are the rules. Uh, Bishop Storford, they're at home against Chester, Bly Spartans against Gloucester, Buxton host Boston, Brackley Town travel to Chorley, Darlington against Curzon Ashton, Kings Lynn against Hereford United, Peterborough Sports against Scarborough Athletic, Russell Olympic against Farsley Celtic, South Shields against Alfredton Town, Southport against Warrington, and Tamworth have uh, recently relegated Scunthorpe. In the National League, promoted Oxford City, they're away at Aldershot, Altrincham host Dagenham and Redbridge. Relegated Hartlepool travel to Barnet. Chesterfield host Dorking. Halifax against Bromley. Gateshead against Boreham Wood. Kidderminster promoted from National League North last season. Uh, host Darren Siles Woking. Maidenhead United against AFC Fylde. Well, they're just called Fylde now. Solihull Moors against Eastleigh. Southend against Oldham. Wealdstone against York. And uh, Rochdale against Ebbsfleet is the televised game in the evening, the re- recently relegated side against the recently promoted side. So uh, what last season would have been a, an odds-on favourite win for Rochdale, who knows. But Ebbsfleet, they've spent an awful lot of money and I think they're the dark horses for the National League this season. And we will have a look at the betting uh, fairly shortly. Now, as far as uh, each team's go, Truro, they have been uh, tucked away down in the West Country Peninsula for quite some time since uh, playing in the 1800s. And uh, they've been in and out of uh, sort of National League South in recent seasons and COVID sort of stopped them from 
getting promoted. Well, the uh, groundhopper, Matthew, he's been uh, having a look around what was Truro City's stadium. Hi, I'm at a very, very blustery football stadium that's now closed down. This is the home, or previous home, to Truro City FC. See there? Which is the highest placed football team in Cornwall. But unfortunately for Truro, this ground is no longer operational. It's been closed down and they currently play 55 miles away in Plymouth Parkway. So it's a 110 mile round trip. And the reason this, this ground was closed is because they're currently in the National League South because they got promoted last year from the Southern League, but they can't go any higher up in the pyramid system into the National League because the ground, this ground wasn't big enough. So the whole plan was to build a new ground in conjunction with Cornwall Council, sharing with the Cornish Pirates Rugby Union team, but funding was available. The funding's been pulled and the club currently can't afford to build the stadium themselves. I read initially there was a, a stadium of about 16,000 that was going to build in this city of Truro, but the locals rejected it, they didn't want it. So a more moderately sized ground, around about three to 4,000, has been proposed. But currently, whether it's going to be on this site, because this, I think this site's been earmarked for development, but I don't think it's going to be here but they currently don't have this stadium, hence why they're playing in Plymouth, Plymouth Parkway. But it's quite, um, it's quite sad to see. I don't like seeing old stadiums, because it's a really decent-sized site, and they can actually put a decent-sized stadium here. But as I say, these are the only, the highest-placed club in Cornwall. There is no sort of decent-sized stadium in the whole of the county of Cornwall. And later on in the video, hoping to get to Camborne, which is... Uh, the largest stadium in this county and hopefully going to go and see where the Cornish Pirates play in Penzance. But here we are, this is what used to be here. So, yeah, sad state of affairs really. I mean, the county of Cornwall, quite a few people live in here, I mean they could could easily entertain a, a much bigger a bigger club than the National League South but yeah look let's see this is the stand what's left of it but no the weather's not kind to me today it's absolutely pouring up with rain I've not seen one sunny day since it's been down this part of the of the UK, we're about the most westerly point you can be in mainland Britain, but yeah, sad. It's a hell of an away journey for clubs to come down to Truro, but but there's nothing else here, so it's a sad. It's sad, but there we go. Let's extend it up. There we go. That's what's left. The stadium. <sighs> Oh, 
I managed to get inside. Shouldn't really be in here, but look, there we go. Look, there's the old turnstiles. There we go. That's the turnstiles there. That's the old turnstile. Yeah. It's nothing here. It's derelict, but nothing there at all. It's a shame, really, because um. It's a really decent site, it's flat. There's obviously the ground before, but no, it's look. all boarded up. I presume this would have been the clubhouse or something, bar for fans. Yeah, but it's, um, yeah, there's no entry points in, it's all completely boarded up. Toilets. There you go, look. There's the badge. Truro City Football Club, established 1889. There we go. That's the site there. Yeah, I presume I would have come down here. What have I the pit? Whoa! <laughs> Then he fell over. There you go, look. <laughs> That'd be good for the video. I wonder which the pitch if it went sort of that way, left to right, or it's straight all and back. So I'll have to let me know, but yeah, there we go. True City Football Club. In the rain. Oh, things I'll do for this channel. This is Alex Fisher from Yeovil Town Football Club. You're listening to Cy Thayer on Three Valleys Radio. When I first started my business, I was hopeless at paperwork. My system involved bunging everything in a shoebox and sorting it out later, much later. Thank goodness for Chalmers Accountants. They soon put me on the right track. They work with businesses of all sizes, and they really know their stuff. Chalmers will provide you with a one-to-one -one service with your own personal account manager at one of their three local branches. For expert advice on how to make your business more successful, visit chalmersaccountants.co.uk and book your free initial consultation. At AJ Wakeley & Sons Family Funeral Directors, we know the importance of compassion and integrity. We also know how unfamiliar decisions can be so difficult at a time of family bereavement. We can provide a steadying influence just when you need it, guiding and helping you make the right decisions to reflect the kind of funeral that your loved one deserves. Visit our website, www.ajwakely.com, for more information or call Clive Wakely on 01935 479913. Yes, welcome back. You are indeed listening to Scythire on Three Valleys, uh, the National League podcast. Now, we... Uh, Number of us, numbers, numbers of us, no, several, quite a few of us. I found my teeth somewhere. Uh, went to the press conference at a very brightly painted, um, pristine football stadium of Hewish Park uh, this afternoon. And uh, in front of us, we had the club captain, Josh Staunton, who's also a trainee coach now, as we'll hear about. 
and uh, first up Mark Cooper the Yeovil Town manager as he spoke to myself and uh, Sheridan Robbins along with Ian from Glover's Cast and Aid Hopper from uh, Three Valleys Radio as well. Well first of all Mark welcome back Um been a busy summer did you at least manage to get a bit of a break? I did but I, I think most managers will tell you you never really switch off do you? You're always thinking about players and pre-season so I did but it was um, definitely a working summer. And how has it been? You've done a lot of recruitment but also retained a few players that I know you wanted to. Has it been overall very positive? I think so. I think when you look at most of the performances in pre-season we've looked something like where what we want to be um, certainly look like we've got some goals in the team um, and a lot of the work has, has been about really has been about organisation off the pitch we've, you know, I've given a lot of jobs to, to Josh because obviously he's, he, he's really local and you know like trying to sort of training ground things like that and a lot of the work has been that organisation to make sure that we've got a good base and a good platform for the players to work. And I know you sort of said that you wanted to recruit more local players and have a, a more community feel. Has that been good for you as the manager as well, that everyone is, is sort of closer together? Uh, yeah, that was the aim, and we've pretty much tried to do that. It's impossible to get every player in the squad that is close to Yeovil. Um, but we've certainly tried to do that where we can, and it's... I think we can certainly tell from the from the change in the group we've got. It's totally different. It's like night and day from last year in terms of the camaraderie of the group and and the type of characters that we've got. And speak about the pre-season friendlies. A lot of it is about fitness, but yeah. you and I spoke so much about the lack of goals. How important was it that you scored a few goals in in those games? Because last pre-season yeah. that was that was showing that that was a weakness. I think it was a uh, it was needed just to give everybody a lift and you know we the goals just don't arrive because you've got decent forward players it's 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 the whole team and the way we play and the intent and the mentality that we've got um to try and get forward and and try and get more action in and around the penalty area so um I think it's given everyone a lift but it's pre-season you know the big the big stuff starts now and um I'm really looking forward to it do you feel like you've got a bit more competition for places now? At the end of last season, you were playing who was available, weren't you? And players that were struggling with injury. Do you feel like you've got that good competition, good squad now? Yeah, I think we've got 18 outfield players that <clears throat> can all play um, and need to be ready to play. And that's been a message in pre-season that everybody needs to be ready to play with the amount of games we've got. We've got a lot of 3G pitches and obviously some of the boys can't play on that. Um, so everybody needs to be ready because they're going to get an opportunity or should get an opportunity to play. So that's that's really drove the competition uh, for places. And um, like I say, yeah, there's there's a lot lot up for grabs. Speaking about the 3G, the first one yeah. on Saturday, is that a tougher challenge? It's a different challenge. Uh, I went to watch them on on Tuesday night. I wanted to get a feel for the place. Um, I wanted to have a look at the pitch. I wanted to, to see what they were about. Uh, I was really impressed. Could tell they were very well coached. Um, some lively players. Um, but, but our mantra from the start of pre-season has been that 
we can have no excuses, whatever it is. Wherever, wherever we're asked to play, we'll play. Whether it's the car park, whether it's 3G, whether it's grass, whatever it is, whether it's straw, um, whether we get kicked, whether the referee makes bad decisions, we, we've got to have that mentality that we can overcome whatever. I'm sure you've seen the amount of tickets that have been sold from a Yeovil point of view. How crucial are they going to be throughout this whole campaign, let alone the first game? I think really, really, really crucial. I think you get excited as a player, certainly when you know there's a bigger wave following going and they give you that extra lift when you run out and when you're attacking, certainly the goal that they're, they're behind. Um, yeah, they can be a massive help for us, but uh, we have to... We have to be on the front foot to get behind us and, and, and that's what we're going to try and do. And just lastly, is there a balance in, in managing the fact that you're going to be favourites in a lot of these games but also respecting the opponents that, that you've got in front of you? Fully respect. I like every opponent that we play. I went to watch, like I say, Hemel on Tuesday and they're very good, very well coached. And you know, There's some players there. One of the best players I've ever coached plays for them. George Williams, a wonderful player. Savaged by injuries, and which was a shame. But you know, for him to be playing for Hemel tells you that they're not going to be uh, easy to play against, and we'll have to be right at it. You know, like I say, we've got to deal with the pitch um, and everything else that comes with it. But we'll be ready. And Josh, nice to see you again. Yeah, you. It's been a busy summer for you as well. You obviously won't be available for a 3G pitch, but tell us a bit more about this coaching role that you're taking on alongside the manager. Um, yeah, Gaff has kind of just taken me on to kind of learn earn my stripes as a, in, in the coaching world. And obviously I'm in a good position where I have a bit of exposure to not playing games where I can really focus on other aspects of it. And I'm in a good position to learn here and I'm, I'm enjoying working with the manager. So it's a win-win really it kind of takes a bit of pressure off when you're not playing when you feel like you can't really add anything to the group you kind of still traveling with the boys and, and you can still make a difference if possible so yeah I'm really relishing it really and so you will be missing for the ones on the 3G pitches fans will be concerned how is the knee overall yeah it feels good to be honest <laughs> surprisingly yeah, yeah no, no, it, does. It, it feels really good and and like that's that's been a massive message myself and the gap I had towards the end of last season it's we had to manage it to stop it getting to the stage it was last season because it wasn't really um, didn't really promote good football the way I was moving at the end of the last season so yeah so hopefully with proper management and definitely missing out the 3Gs I'll, I'll be able to maintain a better level of pain and, and performance throughout the season and the manager said that the camaraderie in the dressing room is, is so much improved how, how have you seen it being the captain throughout this pre-season um, it's been it's been easy it's been a good dressing room there's a uh, there's some good characters in there and, and it kind of makes your life easier because there's a lot more delegation and rather than doing everything yourself, like when you've got people like Frank Murphs in there, Jamie Sanders, why are you asking to look after something that gets done? And that wasn't always the case last year. You end up taking everything on your own. So it's a, it's a really positive place to be. A funny dressing room, as I'm sure <laughs> the cafe will say. If you know any of the characters in there, there's some funny people and it's, it's a good place to be. And I think it, it kind of... You said earlier about the pressures of being favourites going into games. You need them kind of characters who can stand up and deal with that kind of pressure. And I definitely think this year, recruitment-wise, we've we've done that. And from a defender's point of view, scoring in pre-season that must be really positive because there's so much pressure on you guys at the end of last season, wasn't it? Yeah, it, take, it take, it's a bit of a different pre-season really. It takes the pressure off. Um, 
I mean, there's been times we've conceded sloppy goals in pre-season and, and definitely last pre-season they would have turned out to be losses. Uh, whereas when we're scoring four at the other end, it kind of relieves a bit of pressure. It doesn't give us any excuse to make mistakes at that end of the pitch, but it definitely makes life a bit easier and, and it's a lot more fun to be involved in it rather than captain edge of box defending for 90 minutes. So long may it continue and, and hopefully we'll go and uh, carry that goal scoring form into the start of the season. And is that going to be sort of a, a thing of the style of play that you're playing, playing such an attacking game? You are going to be under pressure at the back at points, but you know that you've got those opponents, that the strikers at the front that can get you out of trouble. Yeah, I think um, if you're going to play expansive football, you have to, something has to give somewhere online and, and we don't aim to be leaking goals. But when you're going to take the odd chance at the back, playing football, be expansive every now and then, mistakes do happen, especially at this level. So we'd be silly to think we're going to keep a clean sheet every week but I think like, I think we've got the, the mentality the belief and the, the firepower now to concede one and, and go out there and outscore the other team whereas at the back end of last season it was kind of concede one it was damage limitation mode so um, yeah I think I think people will forgive us for conceding one or two sloppy goals if we're scoring four or five at the other end. Absolutely. And often relegated teams, they, they break up and, and you don't have those key players staying on at the football club. But that's been quite a important part that Mark wanted to keep a lot of you guys together. Is there a point that you guys together want to make up for last season, want to put it right? Is that talked about in the dressing room? Yeah, I think uh, we, we've tried not talking about it because I think it's, it's a case of starting a fresh this season. But... I think when you know the type of people we've kept, um, I think it's it'll be common knowledge that those type of people feel like they owe the club something, and I, I think that would have weighed in on the decision to stay. And um, I think the gap has kept a good core group of players, and uh, I think I think yeah, I think they definitely feel like the club is due some success, and, and I think it'd be nice to be part of it. And I think uh, the boys who definitely stayed feel like they owe, owe the club something, so. We'll be running that extra ten percent. <laughs> <laughs> and just lastly, mentioned it to to the manager, but the following is going to be quite something on on Saturday. How much can they pull you over the line? Because it's going to be a tricky game, isn't it? On yeah, I think I think all those away games are going to be tricky. Uh, you're going to different kind of places. The environment's going to be completely different. Um, obviously, the surface on Saturday will make it different, but that shouldn't really be an excuse these days. We have a lot of exposure to different 3G pitches, so. We're not looking to make excuses, and but as a gaffer, it's important we give them them fans something to cheer about. And I think the start is massive for us, and I think we could be a real force if we get on some get some momentum going. I think the the fans want to be part of this now, and I feel like um, there's a lot of people coming back to the club. So hopefully, not just on the first game throughout the season, we'll give them plenty to cheer over, and and they can be, feel proud to to follow us around this south of the country. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, both, and good luck on Saturday. Thank you. Um, Gaffer, first of all, did you get a good break yourself? I did, yeah. Yeah, had a nice, nice break. But like I say, you're always working, and um, not just been. I've been re- since uh, things happened. I've been excited about the project and, and trying to get the club back on track and putting it back where it should be which is at least one two two leagues above where we are now and uh, that has to be the aim you've been around a long time in football um thanks how, how did you consider <laughs> this uh pre-season a successful one 
uh, I would have thought it was, but I'm sure, I'd just like to hear your view on it. Yeah. And, and compared with perhaps all your other pre-seasons that yeah. you've had. I think you know, the manager's quite boring, really, talk about it's just pre-season, uh, it's about fitness, and uh, but there's loads of tick boxes you have to have through pre-season. One is to get the boys together, to have a good changing room, for me, is key. Um, we've done that. Um, uh, Josh mentioned earlier that <clears throat> the characters that I wanted to recruit had to be out to deal with being a big club at the level we're at. Um, and they have to deal with sometimes uh, big crowds at, here at Ewish especially opposition making it difficult for us it's not going well we have to have characters to be able to deal with that so we had to recruit that character um, and, and get a good changing room we've done that uh, to get through pre-season unscathed without too many serious injuries we've done that it looks like so far touch one um, to get some confidence in the group with some good performances in pre-season we've done that um, and uh, and we've we've tried to create a mentality of whatever it takes, wherever we are, whatever we're doing. If we have to play with three men or five, whatever it is, wherever, like I've mentioned, wherever we play, we have to be, have that mentality that we're gonna overcome it. And and we've done, tried to do that in pre-season. I think we've done it. You, you've gone out and got three recognised good strikers. Uh, everybody's looking for new strikers. How did you manage to, you know, beat the rest of them to it, if you like? I think players always want to play for big clubs, big fan bases, and they think are going to win games and yeah. give them a chance to score goals. So it was a pretty easy sell for me. Yeah, um, we got lucky with with Reece Murphy because of the trouble at Southend, so we managed to nip in there. Yeah. Um, Jake Hyde took a bit longer because he didn't want to drop to the level, but once we got him down and locked him in the room, <laughs> that, that that was easy. And Big Frank, well documented, he was already agreed to come and sign for me last year. Uh, that um, that went by the, by the wayside. Um, and when it came about that there was an opportunity to get him, went and got him, and um, yeah, rest history. Did you, um, going to the last pre-season game, this situation with the referee and, you know, he said, yeah, I'll tip you the wing so you can pull the player off. I mean, what brought that about? Why, why would he suddenly change his mind on that? Uh, it was the linesman, really, that caused the caused the issue, yeah. So the referee was happy, he dealt with it. Yellow card, just a bit of a warning. And then the linesman got involved from 70 yards away and told the referee that there'd been a punch in the face from Morgan Williams um, and he'd seen it clearly from that far away and said to the referee you have to send him off because it's violent conduct <laughs> referee panicked did it and I knew at the time it hadn't happened and it I got the footage back on the Sunday got it in slow motion and there is no punch there's no real violent act from Morgan and the referee apologised on the Monday morning so is he going to be suspended or not? No. No. no that's, that's good news. He's, if, if we don't appeal the sending off, which we have done, he would miss friendly games next season. Right. But we've appealed it. So the referee's put in his report that it wasn't a sending off, so we should be fine. Lastly for me, I mean, obviously, Yeovil are the big team 
along with Torquay in the league. Do you do you fear that some of the teams are going to use, should we say, dubious tactics against you? Because obviously, you know, we've got to beat the top of the table team, and hopefully, you'll be top of the table. Does that worry? I'd be disappointed if they didn't. I certainly would. Yeah. You've got, like I said, you've got to do whatever you've got to do to win a game. But I say again, we've got to, we've got to be able to overcome whatever, whatever it is. If they want to play on the car park out there or on top of that roof or whatever, we we have to be ready for all for everything that's thrown at us. And there, there will be an, if we get beat, we'll be getting beat because the team have done the job on us, and we have no right, divine right, to win any game. We've got to earn it. We've got to work hard. We've got to be on the front foot. And we've got a full respect for every opposition. Thanks, boss. Pleasure. With regards to the eighteen you've got, is that where you wanted to be at the start of this season? We've sort of a few days before Hamble Hampstead, we were like, I'd like to be around the eighteen mark with this level of quality. And and how did you manage to lure the level of talent we have got, other than the, the hard sell? Because some of these players we've brought in could quite easily play in the divisional two divisions above us? Uh, we've got 20 players, including two goalkeepers. Um, I personally don't like having players on a Saturday afternoon that are not involved because it demotivates, de-energises them, can de-energise the group. Um, so if we've got 20 players, we can use 16 on a match day. Guaranteed, there will be a couple not available. Obviously, with 3G or uh, an injury or a suspension, at times we won't have anybody not getting changed. So that's the reason I do it. I want to keep the changing room energised and motivated, and everybody feeling like they've got a real opportunity to, to be part of it. Um, so I'm happy with where we are. We've only got Jordan Stevens through injury not available, but he he should be ready in. 10 days, 2 weeks um, and the other question was how did we get the players to come here? Yeah, I mean other than using your Project about, about the club history uh, the fans um, where we're trying to go what we're trying to get to how, how we're trying to train facilities all of that certainly not all about money it was about career and, uh, and and things like that. Josh, to those that don't understand, why or how do 3D pitches affect some players differently to others? Um, it's just the force, kind of. I think if you have a... There has been studies on it, but I think if you play on a grass pitch, like 50% of the force going through is absorbed by the ground. When you're on a 3G pitch, I think 90% comes back up through your bones. So when you have a knee with not a lot of padding in between the bones it's just kind of just smashing bone on bone so it makes it very unforgiving I think that's probably the best way I think they're just very unforgiving surfaces I think like people with ankles struggle with them I'm definitely not the only one but it's it's kind of I had to make a decision to miss one to play be available for the next seven or I could play one and jeopardise everything really so <clears throat> I don't think I'm definitely not the only person who will find, it, find them a bit tricky on the body but I just had to make a conscious decision to, to step out because the damage it would do would be detrimental, really. Although financially losing games to postponements isn't great at this level, is there an argument to say that we, we should have all grass pitches at National League South level? Um, yeah, I'd love to 
it's easy for me to say, isn't it? I don't run the clubs. I don't know the, the finances that you need for a grass pitch. But um, it, it's it's definitely changed the game, I think, in the last few years at this level and the level above the, the 3G pitches, the home teams do gain an advantage because it's just so different to a grass pitch. But, um, look, we can split hairs about it all day long really it's not our decision is it so we just got to focus don't let it become an excuse for us and and, and push on to Saturday really and, and whatever games come in the future good luck to you both this season thank you towards the back end of last season you said you wanted to get a proper pre-season into Jordan Maguire Drew I think it's fair to say he's been one of the stronger performers over the summer um, how important is he to how you want to play going forward this season very uh, as is Sonny Blue, no Everton, as is Jordan Stevens in those kind of positions. Um, they're all technically really good players. Um, Jordan wasn't fit. He had a niggling injury last year and you could tell. When he came, he looked, you could tell he's a good player. But because of his injury, he couldn't really affect the season how he, he wanted to or, or he should have. Um, obviously he's been able to go away clear the injury up come back in good shape and like I said a good pre-season he's a good player he's, he's too good for the level but we've got some other good players that are also really effective in that position and you, you touched on you went to see Hamill earlier this week how hard is it to prepare for these games are you going to be travelling around to watch them there's not a wealth of footage in the same way that you have at National League Premier level, how does the preparation go into those games? Well, it's difficult usually because they play when we play, so it's difficult personally. But obviously, they had a game on on Tuesday, um, and I wanted like I wanted to go and have a look at the environment. I wanted to have a look at the pitch. You know, my my um, my thoughts on the 3GR. It's it's not the same game as grass. Um, only my opinion that you know. These club, the clubs that have it, need it to make money, get it. Um, but in a, persist, a prestigious league like the, the National League, North and South, I think all pitches should be the same. Um, and, and the biggest bugbear, big bugbear I have with the three is they're all different. There's not really any regulation with them, so Hemel's will be totally different to Averley's. Averley's will be totally different to Worthing. So you can't. We can't go on that 3G out there and prepare for Hemel because that 3G is totally different to Hemel's. So, you know, if we are going to have 3Gs, they, they should all be the same. But, but saying that, I was really impressed with Hemel. I'm glad I went. The manager there, Brad, and his staff can tell that they've really coached the team well. And it'd be a difficult game, and I'd be dis- disappointed if it wasn't going to be a difficult game. When you spoke, like, when we spoke last month, you said you were hoping to expand the backroom staff, um, but we're having a bit of a issue recruiting. How is that process going? Have you brought anyone else into? No, not now? not at the moment. Hopefully, hopefully we might have an addition um, in terms of behind the scenes next by next week that will that will really help us in terms of our organisation as a, as a on the football side. Um, so we'll see what happens there. And when Josh isn't playing, who's going to be the skipper for games? A lot of experience added in the squad, a lot of leaders to choose from. Have you got an idea of who your vice-captain is, or will it be sort of a group? 
I think obviously Matt Worthington's done the job in the last couple of games, so um, he's he knows the club, doesn't he, inside out? He's been here a while. Um, Captain one's a funny one for me. I think if you've got a good group of players, they're all, and you've got that real character. You got Frank, you got Sendles, you, you know, you got Worthy, um, Murphy. They're all ca- uh, captain material. So whoever gets the armband is is the captain. But we want a team full of those, really. Yeah. And Josh, I think you missed one game all of last season. How hard is it going to be for you to not be on the pitch? I know you've got these coaching roles, yeah. but are you going to stand there and be wanting to kick every ball? Yeah, it's, it's definitely a weird one. Like when you're prepping all pre-season and the fixtures come out and you think, oh, I'm definitely <laughs> going to play the first one. <laughs> and if we win, I probably won't play the second one. <laughs> and if we win that. So you kind of think, oh, no, it's, a def- it's definitely a different um, mindset. And, and yeah, it's hard missing games. I think anyone, I'd, I'd imagine the gaffer still feels that now at times, it's definitely hard to kind of take yourself out of that game mode but I'm really glad I've got the opportunity to still help out because it would be even harder if I was just I had nothing to do on Saturday whereas now I, now I can still go and try and influence the game help the boys out in the warm up and, and make sure everyone's on it and, and kind of drive from a different position so um, yeah, it's different but look, it's good. can't be helped really And how different does it feel going into the first game of this season compared to last season, I think we lost Tom Knowles two days before the kickoff. Like, how, how does it how does it feel for you? Yeah, personally? I think I think um, hindsight's easy, isn't it? It's a wonderful thing, but you look back at pre-season and it was clear, evident, very very early on, goals were going to be difficult to come by. I think you look at the parallel fixtures we had this year with Dorchester. I think last year we huffed and puffed at a nil-nil. This year we we kind of. Hammered and four, four and one, four nil, whatever. Five nil, five nil. Yeah. So, I think there's a, a lot more optimism in the air. And, and, and as, as I said, Sheridan earlier, Sheridan earlier. It's nice to have a feeling of we can outscore someone because last couple of years definitely that's been kind of missing from the football club. And we've always been in a position where we've had to we've built from the back and relied purely on the defence and the the, the the skill of keeping the ball out of our net. Whereas I think this year we've kind of Influence games the other end of the league, uh, other end of the pitch better, and um, yeah, I think that feels definitely myself as a player, and I think the coaching side, the fans, I think that leaves a bit more optimism going into the first game rather than that nagging doom, glo- doom and gloom of, of where the goal is going to come from kind of thing. Uh, one more for me, Mark. Uh, couple of loans out in Benjali and Ollie Haste. Are there recalls options on those guys and Malachi? Yeah, they're both on, uh, those two are on youth loans, so we can recall them after 28 days. Uh, be good for them. Um, Southern League Premier, so we get to keep an eye on them. Um, they're far better going playing 90 minutes every week than being off the bench, on the bench. Uh, be far better for their development this season. Um, Malachi is there till January, so... Um, Open Malachi can do some damage to, to the teams in and around us, which I'm sure he will. Well, leading up to uh, Yale Town's opponents this weekend, Hemel Hempstead, they came out victors in a pre-season friendly against Luton Town. Uh, here's their manager with a mid-pre-season chat. 
So Brad, firstly touching on today's game, then a, a pleasing performance for yourself, looking at some of those players, firstly that are in your plans, and then on the periphery, maybe some players you want to sign going forward? Yeah, I think the boys done really well today. Um, the minutes that have got, they've notched up, we've you know, kept a note of closely of what boys have done and who's done longer, shorter, etc. Um, I think the football, the level, we changed the, you know, the system today, um, looking at how they cope with that. Communication and talking amongst each other was very, very good. Um, yeah, and like you said, we made some changes, unsettled the, the, the system a little bit and changed it again. But that was obviously to look at people and how they adapt and whether they're listening as well. So it's, it's easier for me if things don't happen the way to plan. Um, but it's, ultimately, it's about minutes as well for the boys. How pleasing was it at the end? Um, you know, there's there quite a few fans in here today. Mostly because of, of being Luton and perhaps that, that sort of neighbourly rivalry. Mm. But, you know, it did feel like a league game in terms of how they were supporting the team. Is that sort of promising going forward in terms of actually what we potentially could build? Yeah, I think so. I think it, it follows on from last year. And, you know, the, the crowd are the most important. The fans, they come here, they work hard, they go to work, they wake up, they've got bills, everything. But footballs, they get out. And obviously, if they see people working hard on the pitch and coming over and supporting them and appreciating it as well as when they sing and, and applaud us home and away. I think that's followed on from why I install. Um, discipline is, is key and obviously respecting each other. But seeing there was a lot of crowd, it was good today. You know, it gave that sort of atmosphere and while the game was going on as well. There's some work rate and some, some tackles going in and movement off the ball. And I think it was enjoyable as fans and hopefully they'll come back again. But yeah, like you say, I think it was a, it was a good Good fixture for a pre-season, I think, for both teams. Looking back at the, the, the pre-season fixtures that have gone and perhaps some of the sessions that you've had with the boys, you you pleased in terms of where you are as a team, as a group? Yeah, I, I think that, you know, the hardest thing now is getting to a point where a lot of people are making it really, really hard for me, um, which I always ask for, make my job harder, not easier. Um, and that's what we're about. But obviously, we'll go away next weekend. We're going to do some team bonding and stuff, what we're going to do. Start looking to see what people are more in depth, um, and then obviously everyone getting to know each other. But yeah, the, the squad's the squad's looking good at this moment in time. I've been pleased with it. Um, I think the boys have done really well. So we're, we're going to analyse the uh, the levels of fitness and where they've run today, um, and we'll give them some info and feedback. This is the first time that we've had a, a chance to analyse the, the squad um, off the back of some of the signings and some of those that you've retained. Mm. Is the, are the players that you've retained the ones that you wanted to have retained and, and you were successful in terms of building that? And the ones that you got in, are they, were they kind of the, the main targets, if you like, going forward? Um, so I've met up with everyone personally, um, except Paco um, from last season, current boys from last season we inherited, met them either face-to-face and you know spoke to them and told them about coming back to pre-season and, and understanding that they're going to have a better players playing with them. Uh, physically, mentally and, and ability-wise. Um, if they want to be a part of that, then we'll see you in pre-season. So they need to earn their shirt like the other boys that I brought in. That's with me. You know, no one plays week in, week out. It's not a given. Um, so I've expressed that right from the start. Um, the boys are currently still here. They've wanted to fight for their shirt and they've done well. Most of them have done very, very well. It pleased me really, really much. Um, Collectively, I think they're starting to see the levels and the players that we brought in. Um, the squad's looking really, really good, strong in all areas. Um, 
so it's down to them now to whether they get a final nod. It's not down to whether I don't like them or whether I don't rate them. It's nothing to do with that. It's collectively that we want to have a winning mentality squad. No one's going to play week in, week out. Rotation of this league is going to be tough. There's some great teams in this league. It's going to be very, very, very tough. Um, so they need to adapt. And I think the quality of these players that we've shown in the home games and the away, um, I think it's been a, a really gulf gap in terms of what you had last year or we had last year. Goals were clearly the obvious um area of the pitch that we needed to improve on from last season do you feel like you've been able to add players going forward that will be able to to get those goals and and, and maybe nick a goal here and there to win games yeah I think not just the forwards I think we've strengthened really well in the midfield area Um, the forwards we have brought in one or two three Um, we're looking to bring in probably two others as well Um, so you'll probably have five or six that we're looking to fight for that sort of dominance in terms of areas of getting goals week in week out so they know they've got their shirt to keep they've got to worry about playing week in week out and you know they need to come in to earn their money earn their keep and want to be a part of what we want to do and ultimately we want to finish as high as we can in this season one game at a time and then targets of what we give them but not just the forwards everyone's got to be scoring everyone's got to be defending we work hard and we win and we lose together I know that your mind will be on Tuesday and, and, and the subsequent fixtures going forward, but the fixtures were released and, and the, the overall pulled out of the were, were the first fixture of the of the league campaign at a home game down here. Is that a pleasing fixture for you? Obviously, we do have to play everyone at least twice or twice throughout the season, so it doesn't matter when we play them; we still got to play them at some point. But that's a real sort of juicy fixture for, to open the, the league campaign. Yeah, I think, you know, look at the, the, the club as a whole. They're, they're a huge unit of a club. Um, they'll bring a lot of crowd. It's, everyone wants to be playing against the best opposition week in, week out. Um, I think it's six, seven years, seven seasons ago, they're possibly in around League One. Um, but yeah, they're not going to understand they're coming here to our own ground and they're going to be in for a good game. We're looking forward to it. Um, yes, they're going to be in and around titles, possibly, but listen, you can only beat what's in front of you. Um, and all my teams, they fight and they work hard for each other. So we're looking forward to the tie. Uh, the boys are pleased with it and uh, we'll see how we go. And lastly, there were, I'm sure, a, a mix of fans that have come to either last week or today or, or possibly even Tuesday. What would you say to those fans that are on the periphery that may be still deciding what they're going to be doing this season, whether they're going to go and follow their, their sort of pro- professional teams or come down here? What would your message be to them? Yeah, I think, you know, the, the fan base is growing. I think it's getting better. Um, it's, it's great to see everyone, the boys, the girls, the mums, dads, everyone, you know, cheering on, getting out there in the sun, in the fresh air and being able to communicate and, you know, get close to the players and the staff. We're always here. We can talk to you. We really appreciate your support and the noise. The more of you come, I think you're going to enjoy it every single time that you come to this grand. Um, home and away, we'll always see you. We'll always stay in and stay in. Thank you very much. And But to get out there and to watch football at non-league, I think this is a level that you really get your money's worth. Um, and it's hard at this moment in time, but we, you know, you'll know you enjoy your day and we really appreciate your help. Now on Monday, um, somewhere, might, I might be lucky and get it done on Sunday, but unlikely. Um, so I'd imagine somewhere on your internet and on your podcast finder, you'll find Monday nights at 
football club which will have all of uh, the results from the weekend's uh, National League fixtures along with uh, some interviews post-match um, and we will also look ahead at uh, what's coming up over the next week and I will also try and find you all of the FA Cup results by then, fingers crossed there are lots of them so um, unless you I'll give you a sort of 10 second warning to let you know that the, I won't be discussing the FA Cup fixtures because it will probably go on for a little while Anyway, I'll be back on Monday with a full-length version of the podcast. And uh, until then, enjoy your first weekend back at the football. You can join myself, Sci-Fi, and uh, Tom, who will be alongside me in the commentary box away at Hemel Hempstead, the live commentary of Yeovertown's first game back in National League South, sort of section of the non-league footballing world for a little while. So, until then, bye-bye.